Okay, so for the last few weeks coming up to Easter, um, we've been talking about Jesus' road to the cross. I ended it some messages on, on Jesus' road to the cross. And then obviously last Sunday, Easter Sunday, we talked about how Jesus has walked out of the grave. He's now risen, okay? And I love what Enda said last week. That wasn't the end, amen? That should have been the end in the natural eyes, but it wasn't the end. They, they crucified Jesus. They put him in the grave. That should have been the end, but it wasn't the end, amen? That was, was not the end. The encore was about to happen. Uh, the most significant moment of the story was about to be played out. And I love that. I thought that was a great way of putting it. Jesus died. He was buried but he came back, amen? He rose from the dead. He walked out of the grave. That's amazing, isn't it? He walked out of the grave, but you know what's even more amazing? In Jesus walking out of that grave, the old covenant with man was now finished. In Jesus walking out of the grave, the new covenant with man was just starting, amen? It was just starting. And you know what? The old covenant was good, amen? But the new covenant is even better. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And it's a new covenant. It's not a revamped covenant. It's not a reconditioned covenant. Amen. It's a new covenant, a better covenant. Amen. It's a better covenant. So as much as God did for the children of Israel under the old covenant, how much more can he do for his children now under a new and better covenant? Man, that's exciting, isn't it? You know what that means. That means that in as much as they expected God for to do for them under the old covenant, now God is like released or unleashed, if you like, to do so much more under this new covenant. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about the God of more. I just got this a few weeks ago, the God of more. He's the God of more, amen? There was an old covenant which worked to a certain extent, but God wanted more for his children, so he gave us a new covenant, a new and better covenant. Why? Because he always wants more for his children, amen? He always wants more. So we're going to be looking at that, and that's why I just love that clip. Don't you love that clip? Did you see the size of the pancakes? The size of the toast, he says, you should have seen the toast. It wouldn't even fit through the door. That's how Jesus would throw you a birthday party, amen? Your toast, your pancakes, they wouldn't even come through the door, amen? That's how God would throw you a birthday party. Why? Because he is the God of more. He is the God of more. Everything with God is bigger. Everything with God is better. Everything with God is abundance. Everything with God is overflowing. Did you know that God wants you more blessed than ever before? I mean, it's great to be blessed, isn't it? But God wants you more blessed. Amen. Poor, scarcity, lack, they're not words in God's vocabulary. God doesn't do poor. He doesn't do scarce. He doesn't do lack. Amen. That's not his nature. That's not how he rolls. That's not how he operates. Amen. One of the names of God is El Shaddai, which is the Almighty God, El Shaddai. But if you look at El Shaddai in the Hebrew, it means the God who is more than enough. The God who is more than enough. So if the God who is more than enough is in his name, then it stands to reason that he wants to do more. He wants to give more. Amen. He wants to bless more. Yeah. Did you know God doesn't want you just to have enough? God is not satisfied if you just have enough. Amen. 
He wants to give you more than enough. He wants you to have more than enough. He wants you to do more than enough. Amen. He's not a skimpy God. God is not a skimpy God. He wouldn't know how to be skimpy even if he tried. Abundance, overflow, more. These are all the words that are in God's vocabulary. God does abundance. He does overflow. He does more. Amen. And we're going to look at Genesis chapter 17, first of all, today. And El Shaddai is talking here with Abraham, right? And in talking here with Abraham, he's making him promises. And they are promises of more. So are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Oh, my gosh. The God of more, guys. You've got to be more excited for the God of more. Amen. This is going to blow your brain, I think. Anyway, but anyway, chapter, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. Okay, so when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee you countless. Everybody say countless. Countless, countless descendants. At this, Abraham fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude. Everybody say multitude. multitude. A multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abraham. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Yeah. Everybody say extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many, everybody say many. many, many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. Everybody say generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always, everybody say always. Be your God and the God of your descendants after you, and I will give you the entire, everybody say entire, entire, the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever. Everybody say forever. forever. And I will be their God. Are you tired? <laughs> Look at how God of the God of more is talking to Abraham. He's using words like countless he will give Abraham countless descendants, not just a few descendants, countless descendants. He will make him the father of a multitude of nations, not just a few nations, amen, a multitude of nations. He will make him extremely fruitful. This, I love this one. This is my favorite. Listen to me. He's not going to just make him fruitful. That would be great. Wouldn't it be great to be fruitful? He's going to make him extremely fruitful. Who wants to be extremely fruitful? I do, anyway. God confirms his covenant, not just with Abraham, but with the generations after him, generations to generations, amen? He says, I will always be your God, not just for a while, but always. He says, I will give you the entire land of Canaan. He's not going to give him just part of it. They're actually living in this land at the moment as foreigners. And God is telling them, I'm going to give you this land. And I'm going to give you this land in its entirety. You won't just have to live in a little corner of it down in the southeast. No, no, you can have this entire land. And we're going to take this entire land for Christ. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And it will be their possession forever. So they're not just going to have it for a season. They're going to have it forever. Are you getting the picture? Are you seeing the God of more that we're talking about today? Countless, multitude, extremely fruitful. 
generations, entire land, always, forever. This is the God of more, isn't it? This is the God of more. And the wonderful thing about these promises, they are wonderful, but they were made to Abraham in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant. So how much more can we expect God to do for us under a new, better covenant? Amen? Are you not excited? You should be jumping out of your seats right now. Amen? A new covenant. How much more can we expect under a new covenant? Listen to me. A new covenant formed out of God sending his very own son, Jesus, to die for us. I mean, the old covenant, they used the blood of lambs. But God gave us the D-lamb. Aren't you glad you live in this time? He gave us the lamb, amen? And Jesus didn't come and give his life so that we would barely get by. He came that we might have an abundant life. He tells us that in John 10, 10. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Sharon's awake, amen? Overflow overflow. God doesn't want us barely getting by. He doesn't want us to just keep trying to make it. Amen. God doesn't want to see his children in lack or struggling, barely making ends meet. He doesn't want to see his children sick or living hopeless. God wants us to have more. He wants us to be more. He wants us to do more. God is all about more. He's all about abundance. What does abundance mean? Well, if you look at the dictionary definition of the word abundance, it says it's a very large quantity of something. So El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, a very large quantity. That's nothing to our God, amen. Amen. Psalm 50 tells us he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's a lot of cattle. Our God is a God of more. So church, let me encourage you this morning. Don't run with the doctrine that God wants you poor. They will tell you that some places, that God wants you poor, that he wants you in lack, that he wants you suffering, that he wants you broken down. That's not the God we serve, amen? We serve the God of more, amen? You are not a good witness if you are in lack and going around broken down and suffering and struggling. That's not a good witness for God, is it? God is a God of more, amen? And he's the God we serve. The God we serve wants the very best for his children. The God we serve wants to bless us. The God we serve wants to pour out his goodness on us. The God we serve wants to see us overflow with joy, health, peace, hope, finances, amen? Let's just stay in the Old Testament for a minute, okay? Are we good to stay in the Old Testament for a minute? Second Kings chapter 4. And verse 1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maid servant had nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Okay, so this woman has just lost her husband. She's become a widow. And she has nothing, okay? She has nothing. And on top of all that, to add insult to injury, she's lost her husband, but he's also left her in debt. And the creditors, the people that she owes money to, are now threatening to come and take away her two sons to work as slaves, okay? So she comes to Elisha, right? And Elisha asks her, you know, what do you want me to do? What have you got in your house? And all she has is a jar of oil. 
So all she has is this jar of oil. Her husband has died. She's in debt. They're going to take away her two boys. And this is not right. And I love this. And I didn't see it until this week because I read this story hundreds of times. This woman knew that that wasn't right. The way she was living was not right. And she knew that. I love her. Amen. She knew because she said, remember she said in verse one, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord. So he was a man of God. Amen. He was a man of God and she knew that God blessed the men of God. So God would not want to see this man's widow in poor or in lack or losing possessions or losing her kids. Amen. We as believers in Christ should be aware of that, amen? We should be aware that God doesn't want us living poor or in lack, amen? With the possibility of losing our possessions. That's not how we work, how God works, amen? So Elisha asks her, what do you have? She says she has a jar of oil. So verse three, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. Everyone say everywhere. From all your neighbors. <clears throat> Empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it, out, pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. <laughs> amen. All she had was a jar of oil, amen. Her boys were going to be taken away. But Elisha tells her, Go borrow empty vessels from everywhere. From everywhere, and don't just gather a few. See, here we see it again. Don't just gather a few vessels. You know, Elisha tells her, get them from everywhere. Don't go just to your neighbor on this side and your neighbor on this side. Go to your neighbor down the road. Go to your neighbor down that street. Go to your neighbor in the other street. Go to your neighbor at the edge of the town. Yeah. Go to your neighbor in the next town. Wherever you need to go, go everywhere and gather vessels. Don't just gather a few. Why? Because the God of more was about to provide for her. Amen. The God of more was about to provide her for her. And the God of more who provides for her is the God of more who will provide for us, amen? And the God of more who is providing for her doesn't operate with just a few vessels. Gathering just a few vessels, that's no good to God, amen? He doesn't just fill a few, he fills more than enough. El Shaddai, amen? Her sons brought her the vessels and she kept filling him, the Bible said, and when the, the last vessel was filled, the oil ceased. And the oil ceased because she had ran out of vessels. I wonder how many more vessels would she have filled if she had had more. It's amazing, isn't it? God wants us to have more, amen? We have to stop limiting what God wants to do in our lives. We have to stop the poverty mentality. God is the God of more, and he wants to ha you to have more, and he wants to bless you more, amen? She fills all the vessels that she has, and Elisha tells her in verse 7, then she came to him and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Go sell the oil and pay your debt. Go sell the oil and pay your debt. That's what she came to Elijah for, didn't she? She was in debt. They were going to take away her babies. Amen. She, she came to Elisha for help. He says, go sell the oil and pay your debt. That's what she came to Elisha for. And what happens? Doesn't stop there. Amen. Why? Because God is the God of more. 
Her need was met. Her debt was paid. Her boys were saved. That's what she asked for, amen? But he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and there is an and. You and your sons live on the rest. The God of more, amen? The God of more. There is an always an and with our God. Pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. That's what she asked for, her debt to be paid, but no. God always does more, amen? He's faithful. He's the God of more. She came to have her debt paid and that's what she got, but she got to live on more, amen? God gave her more. David tells us in Psalm 23, my cup runs over. You know, a cup has limits. You know, when you pour water or milk or tea or whatever into your cup, There's a certain amount it can only take, amen? But God doesn't work with that. He overflows the cup, amen? God doesn't bless us according to what we can hold or what we can take, amen? He just overflows us, amen? He lets us run over. Our cup runs over. The God of more. And this is still Old Testament stuff, amen? This is still Old Covenant stuff. Look at the book of Ruth. Do you remember Ruth? She lost her husband. She lost her home. She comes back to Bethlehem with Naomi, her mother-in-law. They come back to Bethlehem with nothing. None of them have a husband. None of them have a home. None of them have sons to help provide for them. They have nothing, and they come back to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. And Ruth decides to to get something for herself and her mother-in-law that she go glean in the fields. And gleaning was the practice of going into a recently harvested field and picking up what grain remained. So they would go along behind the men. The men would would be reaping and they would go along behind the men and pick up the little bits that were dropped. And Ruth goes to do this. But you see, Ruth, you remember Ruth earlier on has said that that Naomi's God will be her God now? You see, Ruth didn't realize that now she's serving the God of more. Amen. So she goes to the field with the intention of gleaning. What happens? She finds favor with Boaz, the guy that owns the field. And he tells the men, he warns the men to protect her, not to touch her. And then he comes and he tells her, you can drink from the water in the field, whatever they had in the field for the water, as often as you like. So Boaz, now she's found favor with him. She's protected and she can drink anytime she wants. And Ruth, chapter 2, verse 14, that's where we're going to pick it up. And, there's always an and, and at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel into the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed her the roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. Ruth is experiencing the God of more, amen? She came to this field to glean. It's all she knew to do to provide for herself and her mother-in-law. But she finds favor in the field, amen? She finds favor with the owner of the field. He protects her. He gives her plenty to drink. He brings her to eat lunch with the reapers. I'm sure that wasn't a normal custom. He gives her food to eat, so much food that she has some left over. I wonder what she's going to do with that leftover food, amen? And then it doesn't stop there. Look at verse 15. When she rose to glean, so she's ate and she's satisfied. She has food left over. And then she gets up to do what she came to the field to do. And when she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And... There's an and. Also, pull out some from the bundle for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. Pull out some from the bundles for her. He's telling them to deliberately drop grain for her to pick up. 
Not only now is she going to be able to glean what they would normally glean as they went behind the reapers, but he's telling the guys, put some out so that she can pick up more. Deliberately drop some out. Ruth is serving the God of more. Amen. Verse 17, so she leaned in the field until evening, then she beat out what she had leaned, and it was an epa of barley, and he took it, and she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law, her mother-in-law saw what she had leaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. He gave her food for herself and for her mother-in-law. Amen. Drop the mic. I don't have one. I'm not allowed to drop them. Because that's what I want to tell you. I was thinking about this. Hell in my notes, drop the mic, right? These mics. You know why Andrew won't let me drop these? Because they're so expensive. Do you know that we are God's favorite church? God doesn't let us have any old mic. Amen? He gives us the best mics. The God of more. See? Anyway, praise God. I won't drop it. I won't drop it, Andrew. The God of more. God not only provided for Ruth, but he also provided enough food for her mother-in-law. Amen. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us more. Are you ready to take more this morning? I mean, he'll keep pouring. If you allow him, he'll keep pouring. Amen. If you read on in the book of Ruth, you'll see that Boaz marries Ruth. She doesn't have to work in the fields ever again. Amen. She goes from working in the fields to owning the fields. The God of more. Amen. God wants to bless his children. He wants to heap favor on us. He wants us to prosper in all things. God is not happy when he sees his children suffering or in lack. It doesn't glorify God to see his children poor and downtrodden. Amen. He wants to bless us and he wants us to, to give us more. Malachi, he says, he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Amen. In Jeremiah, the plans and thoughts that he has for us are plans for peace and well-being, not disaster, to give us a future and a hope, amen? More, more, more. He's the God of more. There are just a few examples, all we have time for to pull out of the Old Testament this morning, but there's so much more in there. David, Solomon, Hezekiah, if you read, they were just blessed, blessing after blessing, amen? God wants to bless us, amen? He wants to give us more. Can you take another little bit? Are you full up to the neck? <laughs> Isn't this exciting? Isn't this exciting though? You know, God wants to bless us and bless us. So can you take a little bit more? And we're still in the Old Testament, by the way. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Can you go for a list of blessings? Will you be able to take a list of blessings? Are you sure? Fummy and Sharon and Ender are good. Are the rest of you okay? Or are you too full? Can you take more? Okay. Chapter 28, verse 1, if you listen obediently to the voice of your God, of God your God, and heartily obey all his commandments that I command you today, God your God will place you on high, high above all the nations of the world. All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God your God. So are you ready? God will bless you in the city. God will bless you in the country. God will bless your children. He will bless your land. He will bless your livestock. He will bless your herds. He will bless your flocks. He will bless your basket and your bread bowl. He will bless your coming in and he will bless your going out. Amen. God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come at you in one road and they'll flee to seven roads. Amen. God will order a blessing on your barns and your workplaces. He will bless you in the land that God is giving you. Amen. God will inform you as a people holy to him, just as he promised you. If you keep the commandments of God and live the way he has shown you, 
There's more. Verse 10. All peoples on earth will see you living under the name of God and hold you in respectful awe. God will lavish you with good things. You want him to lavish you? Children from your womb, womb, offspring from your animals, crops from your land, the land that God promised your ancestors that he would give you. Listen to this. God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults and pour rain on your land on schedule and bless the work you take in hand. You will lend and you will not borrow. Amen. God will make you the head and not the tail. Amen. You will always be top dog and never underdog. Amen. I want to be top dog. Amen. As you obediently listen and diligently keep the commands of God your God that I am commanding you today. Don't swerve an inch to the right or to the left from the words that I command you today by going off following and worshiping other gods. That's a lot of blessing, isn't it? Is your cup overflowing this morning? Amen. It's a lot of blessing. And that's still Old Testament. That's still under the Old Covenant. Amen. And it's really good for us to learn that and go by that. And we can take those blessings. Amen. But there is so much more because we bask today in a new and a better covenant. Amen. We can stand on these scriptures. We can learn from them. But God wanted us to have so much more. Amen. He wanted us to have the new covenant the new covenant that is the Christ covenant. Amen. The Christ covenant. The covenant that's not based on if and then. You see, the old covenant with Israel was great, but it was based on if and then. If you do this, then I'll do this. If you do that, then I'll do that. Amen. But you see, as we've been seeing today, that God is a God of more. Amen. Because if you read on in, in Deuteronomy in verse 15, it starts off, if you disobey, then these curses will happen. Amen. But it's like I say, we've been saying today that we serve the God of more and he wanted more for us. He wanted better for us. So he gave us this new and better covenant. It's not an if and then covenant anymore. Amen. It's not dependent on your works and righteousness anymore. Thank God. Amen. It's dependent on Christ's work and Christ's righteousness. Yeah. In case you're interested, it's called the Parity Covenant. You know why it's called the Parity Covenant? Because it's a covenant that's made between two equals. You see, in the Old, Test in the Old Testament times, God didn't, and the Old Covenant, God didn't have anybody equal to make a covenant with. He did his best with what he had at the time, but he didn't have somebody equal to make the covenant with. But you see, God being the God of more, he wanted to give us this new and better covenant. And now this new and better covenant is made on the, the basis of two equals. Amen. It's a better covenant because it's one that involves two equals. Father the, God the Father and God the Son. Amen. This is the encore. Amen. This is the most significant part. See, Jeremiah 31, 31 tells us, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My co covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. You see, the people broke the old covenant. Amen. And God, they lost out on blessings because they broke it. And God is so kind and so good and so faithful. He's the God of more that he doesn't want us losing out on blessings. Amen. 
So now we can't break the new covenant, amen? Because Jesus made a new covenant for us. It was the two equals, God the Father and God the Son, amen? Hebrews chapter 8, 6 verse tells us that. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in so much as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. God is the God of more. He's provided us with even better promises, amen? A covenant established on a better promise. A covenant that we can't break. Church, we can't break it. Thank God. Amen. We can't break it because it's on, based on what Jesus did. It's all about what Jesus did. Amen. We don't have to work now for our salvation. We don't have to work for our healing. Amen. God provided it all. Jesus provided it all. He's the God of more. Always doing more. Always giving more. Always wanting more. Always wanting better for his children. Amen. So when we look at how blessed they were in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant, and as we said, we just pulled out a few today, how much more does God want us to be blessed under this new and better covenant? So thank God for the God of more, amen? Thank God for the new covenant, based on us doing all, not on us doing all the right things, amen? But based on what Jesus did. A bigger, better, stronger, faultless covenant based on Jesus Christ, amen? The Son of God, the God of more. Church, he wants you to make it. He wants you to make it. He wants you to win. Amen. He wants you to overcome. He wants you to overflow. He wants you blessed. Amen. Why? Because he's the God of more. Amen.